Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to revisiting the classic 90s series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And Bo got it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Belle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. This is, uh, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but for the last several episodes, uh, you know, as we, we sit down to record, I have butchered our intro because I'm so used to saying the, CW, the hit CW show, The Flash, that it threw me off so many times. Um, but you know what? The hit CW show, The Flash, is not currently on. And uh, man, I you know, let's just address this real quick, because uh, as we are recording this on the 2nd of December in the year of our Lord 2020, uh, there has been yet again delays with the production of The Flash. I basically took Twitter and kind of gave a brief, this is, I I told you so, and this is why we don't report on this stuff, (laughs) but. Well, yeah, I I think it's, I think it's fair. Like if, if the flash production gives us a date, I think it's fair to report on that, but heavily caveat that this is probably not going to happen. I mean, it's like a dream journal. Like, I mean, like with no disrespect to the good folks who are doing their, I mean, just absolutely everything they can. Yeah. Mad respect to them. Yeah. I mean, like this is a, this is a tough time to produce content. Like we get that and we don't even have to do it on the level that they do it on. So we, we, we definitely get, get that that's the case. Uh, but regardless, you know, as consumers of said content, I just think it's really important to be mindful. It's like, it's like if you want an Xbox Series X right now, or perhaps a PlayStation 5, you know, unless you're like a bot scalper, it ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, you just have to, they say it's available, but you know better than that because <laughs> the reality is that the bot scalpers are going to get it and you're never going to get that until yeah, next and, year, and, if next year happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then hyping yourself up for it. And then when the, the date comes and passes and you eventually get disappointed, it's like if you order a, a PS5, off the internet and you just get a ps2 and a ps3 in the same box oh there you go you know or like an xbox series x and you get an xbox i don't the xboxes are the the naming convention is ridiculous it is i I was i was told yesterday i was playing uh and we were way off topic here at the jump but 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 i was told the other day (laughs) i was playing sea of thieves with my crew and uh, and I told him how much I was really looking forward to getting the Series X so that like my load times could be faster. And I tell him what I had. They told me I was two generations behind. I did. I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought that this was the next one. But apparently, Wait, which I one do you have? It. The Xbox X? The, just the Xbox. Uh, 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 the, the the Xbox, Xbox one. one. Yeah, that's the one. So there's an Xbox One. There's the yeah. Xbox One X. Okay. Which I got when I got my new TV. Okay, uh, that's good for you. And then I think there's like an Xbox One X something else. Something like HD or somewhere in there. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. But you know yeah. what does make sense, Bell? This podcast. This podcast, which is made possible by our amazing patrons, Matt, over at patreon.com slash TV talk. We would not be here wasting your time talking about the Xbox Series X and all the terrible naming conventions if not for their support. So, uh, hey, if you want to also... Uh, support the show and also get access to our discord and some other benefits head over to patreon.com slash TV talk for that. Yes, that. So thank you again to everybody who is making this show happen. Uh, Hey, by the way, do you like Teddy Sears? I do like Teddy Sears. I've never met the guy, but you know what? He seems like a pretty, you know, you know, stand up villain. Uh, (laughs) Of course, he came to my wedding. It was really nice. 
that I wish I, I just just out of the blue. He just showed up. It was weird. Yeah, sure. I mean, like it's a pandemic, and Teddy Sears showed up at your wedding. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> See, I, I, I didn't those go, kinds but of Teddy jokes. Sears went. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, no. Did he come and say that he was me, and then he like convinced you that he was me, and then it turns out he was a villain the entire time, and so now everybody thinks that that me, Bo York, is actually well, what was a villain? weird. So there's so there's the chapel right, and, and, and at the end of the chapel there's this little place where you open the door and you pull up you pull up the, the chapel bell right, like right, you ring right the on. chapel bell when you get married right. So yeah, he comes over and he says he's you, and it was weird because inside that little room with the chapel bell was a guy wearing an iron mask, and when I took the iron mask <laughs> off, it looked just like you, but it just wasn't like you. It was yeah. you from another Earth. From Earth three, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it was a bizarre wedding, man. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. It sounds like that's that sounds like a flash TV talk wedding, right? Did your daughter from the future show up as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no daughters from the future, but some dogs from the future showed up. It was kind of yeah. weird. Okay, there you go. So, so far as you know, man, so far as you know. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hey, all that to say, Teddy Sears, a.k.a. the fake Jay Garrick, a.k.a. Zoom, will be participating in a virtual Q&A panel on December 6th. That's coming up real quick. Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, head over to Wizard World's Facebook page. It is absolutely free to attend. You're going to want to be part of that. Uh, it is a Zoom call that you won't want to miss. And you all see what I did there. Hey, oh, this guy. This one guy. last little piece of housekeeping before we dive into this week's episode. Uh, we mentioned it last week, but Grandma Esther's eggnog and Christmas call and extravaganza is canceled. What? And replaced with Grandma Esther's quarantine induced uh, uh, drinking the bourbon and playing games party Christmas. <laughs> holiday i don't I don't know it's we're doing we're doing things different this year we're got we are in fact going to do our grandma esther's uh holiday special as we do every single year but it is going to be different this year uh we're thinking about actually just throwing a full-on zoom party where we're opening it up to all of you to be able to attend jump on whether or not it gets converted into an episode i don't know it might probably won't be it might just be like literally a hangout we've talked about possibly playing some among us or, or getting some games together uh, but we would love for you to be part of that. And man, that can only happen if we tell people the date. And that is what we're about to do. Because December 19th, that is a Saturday. Saturday, December 19th uh, is the date. And uh, yeah, what do we say? 6.30 Central Time? That sounds about good for everybody? I think so. I think so. Mark your calendars. Uh, Saturday the 19th, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. We will be posting that time as well as the location information for how to jump in on the Zoom call and all that kind of great stuff. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It might be amazing. It may be the best Christmas party that you've ever been to that day and specific hour. So we are really, really looking forward <laughs> to, uh, to, to seeing as many folks who are able to join with us. I don't know about you, Belle, but I've been like, I've been missing hanging out with you. I've been missing hanging out with you. Like every single time we get a chance to sit down and do this on the weekly, man, it, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that sounds good. Uh, that, that should that should that should work out for enough of a percentage of people for this to be good. <laughs> That's good. That's good, man. I, I, I'm I'm very hopeful. I think it'll be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but I think that's all the housekeeping items we could possibly talk about. I know people are ready. Uh, they've been sitting on the edge of their seats for the last uh, 20 years waiting for us to cover this episode. So let's <laughs> dive into it. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. Episode four of season one, Honor Among Thieves. Directed by Aaron Lipstant 
and written by Howard Chaikin and John Francis Moore. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, master thief Stan Kovacs assembles a team of professional thieves who the police believed intend to steal the mask of Rasputin from the Museum of Natural History. While they are distracted guarding it, Kovacs masterminds a string of robberies across Central City, which are foiled by the Flash, and in the process, Barry learns that Kovacs is using the other criminals as a diversion so that his accomplice, Cecilia Wayne, can steal the relic from the museum's curator and Barry's mentor, Ted Preminger. The Flash catches up to Kovacs and Celia before they escape the museum with the artifact and brings them to justice, ensuring that Preminger can finance the museum with the Rasputin mask exhibit. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so right off the bat, man, we got another explosion. What was the budget for this show? I just think explosions were cheap in the 90s. That's 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 the theory that I'm going with. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is like, you know, there, there's a certain, um, uh, you know, even when like Star Labs was on fire a couple episodes back, I was thinking about how that that set has probably been reused specifically for building on fire. You know what I mean? It's like we need to shoot a building on fire scene. So we go to this specific Hollywood set on, you know, and we rent it this day when it's not being used by 30 other television shows for other similar looking buildings. But you know what? I think that's fine. And it's one of those things that you you can't really throw something like that on the 90s. How often has Luther Mansion slash Oliver Queen's house slash the Xavier Institute slash uh, the creepy house from uh, uh, Lovecraft Country been in everything? It's the literally the exact same house that's like the center of the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in, in those places are just, you know, redolent with multiversal energy, you know? <laughs> exactly. So perhaps explosions of the 90s are in the same capacity. Maybe that same car has blown up several times in several shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I think so. I will say when we first meet our rogues, uh, you know, in this kind of uh, pseudo montage of introductions across the, the first uh, portion of the episode, you know, the, you got the you got the kind of the evil road trip going on. You got the, the cops going into the back. They open up the trunk. You see all the weapons. I don't know about you, Bell, but I immediately I thought, man, these guys didn't do their homework because if they did, they'd know the armory is in like very, very <laughs> big letters in Central City. You don't have to bring your own weapons, guys. You just pick them up when you get there. Yeah, yeah. You just go straight to the armory and be like, hey, I'd like to check out a, uh, you know, an anti-tank <laughs> weapon, uh, a couple rifles. It's like, it's, it's like a lending library, but for guns. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but when I saw the title of this episode and the way in which many of these uh, kind of villains were introduced, I, I got some immediate rogues gallery-esque feels going pretty early on. Did you pick up on any of that? Yeah, like, you know, it, it's it's especially with the Flash, you know, you kind of always get that sort of rogues gallery sense because it, that's, you know, sort of synonymous with Flash villains is exactly, rogues gallery. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, and and it's always like a, a, a wide variety of these like kind of, you know, not dumb, but like <laughs> what sort of what's what's the word I'm looking for? like like. You know, you got like A-list villains, right? Like Darkseid. Yeah, right. and- yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got the big global or planetary threats. Sure. Right. And like, you know, on their own, each of these each of these individuals that we were introduced to at the beginning might have been like C-list, maybe even D-list. But together, right, when they join forces, they become this A-list threat. And um, mm-hmm. so like that's the kind of feel that I get from it where it's, you know, you, you got this mastermind guy like Kovacs who is clearly smart, but like by himself. Could he pull off something like this? No, no, no. He's got to get, you know, the, the crew together, right? He's got to get the the Kovacs 11. Uh- well, he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's the mastermind that we've got going on here, which which makes him for a pretty interesting villain. Um, but even with the, the people he assembles, I mean, like, 
first of all, I mean, like, you know, not, this is kind of getting ahead of, ahead of things. You know, we, we do have some flashbacks for this episode that are going to play in. But, you know, as the names are coming out, I was writing them down. I was like, oh, I got to figure out who this person is. I got to figure out who this person is. And just like every episode before, all of these characters were introduced for the show. And yet... I feel like along the way, there are visual nods to characters that we might associate with the comics. For example, you know, we get a big giant block of ice right after being introduced to a bunch of flash rogues. To me, that's like kind of a Captain Cold nod. Not to mention the fact we see dude like light up his lighter on fire. And so we get this kind of heat wave vibes like ice and fire, like right back to back. And I was kind of shocked, honestly, that, that these characters didn't have comic book counterparts. But I wonder if Maybe there were some visual nods at work here to like be like, oh, elements and the flash villains. I don't know. Thoughts? I mean, I, I'd say I'd say the ice was kind of a stretch, um, but definitely heat wave vibes from the one dude who like, you know, burns the taxi driver. Like definite heat wave vibes uh, there. Uh, I, not necessarily a flash villain, but the the gas guy was kind of like a scarecrow, except for like, you know, instead of psychotropic hallucinogens, uh, it was more like knockout gas and stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't know, though, because he said he said um, when he saw the flash that he may he must have gotten a dose of residual gas because he's seeing things. So maybe this dude is kind of like a scarecrow. Could be. Could be. I mean, like, you know, then you had the dude I that mean, was connected to the, the green dragon. Uh, folks, but I like to call them the fax machine, getting facts for the bad guys <laughs> in the hotel room. Yeah, they're all crammed uh... in, which is just like, just beautiful. I, I, lo- I love the notion that you have all of yeah. these villains. And again, they're not, you know, they're, they're not the A-list super villains that you may think the Flash might go up against, but they're, they're a bunch of, you know, relatively notorious henchmen. I, that that's probably a good way to say it, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> high level. Yeah, and you got your your clear cat woman, right? Yeah, high level. Oh, no, she's more like Miss Kitka <laughs> because you know she come from old country where you know cat woman <laughs> is eating ice off of the in skin. Mother Russia. Cat robs you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is stereotypical femme fatale. She shows up here and is uh, somewhere around. Oh, ice! I'm going to eat the ice. That's, that's what she did. That's all <laughs> that she was did. the she weirdest did. scene of this entire. No, she 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 also uh, you know tried to steal government plans and said and says and you know spoke in Eastern European accent to say if you want to catch me and not become shish kebab, you better <laughs> not cross the laser lines. <laughs> yeah, my. No, you, I think you're channeling uh, the evil Kermit from the the Muppets. Uh, I am Kermit. Uh, Kermit the Frog. What's that guy's name? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. The really bad last Muppets movie. I'm blanking on it. My kids love it though. Uh, I never Con- watched Constantine. Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. But he, like, he masquerades as Kermit the Frog. Is it like 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 John Constantine? No, no, no. He's Constantine. Is this, the world's is this most all- dangerous frog? <laughs> Look, the Legends of Tomorrow have been turned into puppets once before. I wouldn't be surprised if Constantine got turned into a puppet, got transported to the Muppets universe, and was actually playing Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like some uh, some Legends territory to be sure. <laughs> uh, man, we do have, you know, all of these villains have been uh, assembled here by uh, Kovac, uh, Kovacs because he is after the Mask of Rasputin, uh, which I think is a, a very, very, I mean, it's a fun, like, museum heist item, right? 
Yeah, that was actually one that I Googled. I didn't Google any characters because I assumed that they didn't have any comic book uh, uh, backings. But I did Google the, the Mask of Rasputin to see if his death mask was something that was like, you know, golden and put on display. And it indeed was not. Um, in fact, the first hit for Mask of Rasputin is the Arrowverse wiki for this very <laughs> <laughs> prop that was used in the Flash TV show. Hey, man, props for them for creating their own lore and owning it 20 years later. Heck yeah. Like, I was so surprised that the Arrowverse entry was the first thing for that. Like, I was like, oh, huh. There you what go. You know? 30 years later, by the way. I keep saying 20 years, 30 years. That's. I know. That's I, I still think that, you know, <laughs> to the year 2000 was like 10 years ago. I know. I know. It's crazy. Time travel, man. Time travel. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, also amongst these characters that we are introduced to, uh, Kovacs, uh, right hand, uh, or his gal Friday, except I should really say his gal. Le- uh, Wayne? I know. I was like, huh? Absolutely this, no relation. This... I mean, maybe that was just a name drop for DC fans to do exactly what we're doing right now and go like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what it was back in the day. This was, you know, you did have the bat fever going on. People were kind of looking for the connections. You did have obviously the music connection to the the Batman franchise. And so like, you know, putting in a Wayne name in there, especially with a very like, you know, I mean, we, we made a joke about Russian Catwoman, but really, like, you know, she also has kind of that Catwoman vibe of, you know, trying to pull off the, the you know, the, the heist from the inside. And so, yeah, no, I, I think um, I think you might be right. I think maybe that name comes very you don't name a character Wayne in a DC property and not know what you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised they were able to use the name Wayne to begin with from, you know. Warner Brothers and their protection of their properties. Well, you know, this was a, it was a different time back then, to be sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we get uh, some great backstory for Barry, and diving into something that was really kind of early established in the pilot episode, which is his strained relationship with his father. Uh, here, we kind of meet his uh, pseudo father, a professor that uh, you know was. Um, you know, you kind of somebody who was uh, who was stepping in for for Henry to some extent in Barry's life. Yeah, you know that was that was kind of interesting. It's and and you're right, we haven't seen any of that since um, since the first episode. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry's got these issues that he's got to deal with, and, and, and he's got like abandonment issues from two father figures, which is crazy because right. not only you know. His dad kind of turned away from him because he he didn't become a beat cop, and then um you know the the curator um Ted turned away from him as well because he didn't want to become an archaeologist, and so he's got like double daddy issues, which is which is interesting. <laughs> well, and there's a lot going on here, right? Like the the whole nature of like these mentor figures are are these father figures are kind of defining their love or at least, uh, you know, uh, seen value in Barry based off of his career choices. It's not based on who he is as a person or really what motivates him or, you know, things that kind of in a, you know, I think even for the time, a, a more modern context of like, you know, what you would want from kind of a mentor, mentee, father, son type of relationship, parent, child. Um, it's all, it's, it's very kind of a, um, a previous generation. Well, what do you do? Like, how are you, you know, what, it's what you do that defines you type deal. And um, that seems to be the case. I mean, the fact that, that Barry walks, aw- like, walks away from the museum or, or chooses a different career path. So like this person who's clearly like this emotional support system for him doesn't speak to him for like, what, 10 to 15 years, I think he said? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. 
Seems extreme. It's not who I am under the mask, but what I do that defines me. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That man could have found a father figure. Oh, that's right. Rachel! <laughs> Where's Rachel? <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? <laughs> where, where are the other drugs going? <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, all right, so there you go. Yes, uh, Ted. Uh, also, also fun fact about Teddy, married one of his students. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and speaking about love life, uh, Julio, man, let me talk about Barry. You know, one thing I love about John Wesley Ship's Barry Allen, he's, 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 he's a confident Barry Allen. He's very, they, you know, they, I like his Barry and I like Gustin's Barry. They play the, the character very differently uh, for a different era. But even if like they both existed in the same era, they're, they're taking very different approaches to the way that Barry, you know, deals with his powers, deals with being the Flash, deals with life. And part of that too is that, you know, uh, Gustin's Barry is younger then uh, John Wesley Ship's Barry is here, right? Like they're they're at different life phases, and and this is true. And there's a lot that I love about John Wesley Ship's Barry Allen. One thing I don't like about this Barry Allen, he is a bad friend, man. He is a really, <laughs> really bad friend. Like Julio, man. Like he's just like, oh, you know, always oh, like, hey, yeah, let's. Uh, I, I hooked you up with uh, you know this girl, and we tried to hook you up with this girl, and you need to take some time off. And at the same time, Julio starts sharing a little bit about his like side story about his like girlfriend. Barry doesn't ask any questions. He's not like invested or cares whatsoever. Barry is a bad friend. I think I think I think Julio's teasing him, and he knows that he is, and uh, and and so that's kind of like their their dynamic there. Yeah, no, I get that. That's their dynamic. I just think that Barry's a bad friend. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not a, a bad friend, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you saw like like Julio sitting there trying to get him to drink his girlfriend's tea, and then he dumps his own cup out. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I am. Uh, I am going to ship Julio and Sabrina. I, I, Sabrina, I'm assuming, is who we saw him with last episode, right? I believe so. Yes. All right. So I'm 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 shipping them because nobody else will apparently. So, <laughs> Barry, totally uninvested in the the relationship of like his best friend, who's been like very solely invested in his personal relationships, and that's, uh, that's maybe maybe he's just miserable and he wants somebody to go on double dates with. Could be that that you know what there there could be a lot of subtext going on there that we're just not picking up on, <laughs> but we'll never know unless Barry starts asking questions. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Being there and not being like, "Hey, go get us a sandwich." No, locks and bagels? Uh-uh. I want eggs and bacon. <laughs> like, I'm a Catholic. Like, go get me some eggs and bacon. And white toast. And white toast. Uh, yeah, so there, there's that. Um, okay, uh, Barry, I was thinking about the whole, um, you know, he was sharing with Tina about his backstory with Ted and then his dad. Uh, and, and his, you know... When, when he was talking about his lack of wanting to go to the museum, it was obviously tied to a lot of emotions that were at play with everything that came before. Um, and it's really interesting because both of these father figures kind of getting back on that aspect of things kind of represent two kind of, um, you know, trope is the wrong word, archetypes, two archetypes of the, of the era. Right. You had kind of the, the jock kind of, you know, hard, you know, kind of dad, and then you had the nerd dad in the museum guy, right? Like you yeah. had these very two opposed paths 
uh, ahead of Barry, but he ended up kind of being both, right? Like he's the track star and the scientist in the lab. Yeah, he well, like that's what uh, Tina was saying, you know, is that like you know the 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 jock is obviously the the beat cop uh, thing to do, and the the nerd is obviously the archaeologist kind of thing to do. But like you know, police scientist is is like Tina said, it's a it's a it's a combination of both of those, and so that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, Barry is is the is the best of both worlds in that regard, and perhaps even better by by forging a, th- a third way forward. To be sure, um, yeah. I love that uh, you know we do get a chance to see. Uh, him going to the museum several times. I, I couldn't help but think about, you know, when Ted was talking about the problems they had trying to finance the museum, I was like, oh, well, you know what? If you convert that to a flash museum, you might be able to get a little bit more extra revenue. <laughs> Do you think, is that coming here? I mean, like, is there, I, I, I guess, and I mean, to be honest, I, I can't, I don't even know when the flash museum was introduced, but I got to imagine it was in the comics at this stage in the game. Um, do you think that we might be seeing a setup for the museum to make a comeback as a flash museum? I don't know. I mean, again, I haven't seen the whole series, so I don't, I don't have any like future knowledge except for a couple episodes that happen later on, which I don't think there's any mention of a flash museum there. Um, but I mean, a, a, again, it could just be like a nod to, to comic book fans, which is so interesting how they're having all of these nods in here. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know because like that's the thing is they're going for broad appeal because they want the show to be big and to be big you can't do a bunch of like which is kind of wild too man when you think about it like i was when i was watching this episode i was thinking about how man who is this being made for because it's kind of hard to tell like you do have the action figure nature of this barry allen like he 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 looks like a superhero he looks like an action figure It, it it almost like on paper when it's printed down it seems like it's made for kids but at the same time you know there's like sex there's there's like you know violence there's explosion like this is a it's it seems like it's made for adults i i have a feeling i'm starting to figure out why the show didn't succeed in in the time in which it was released yeah what is that well because like you said it's having a hard time figuring out its audience or yeah. maybe the audience is having a hard time figuring it out. Right. Well, but I, I mean like, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think everything here kind of works for a general audience. And then the little, the little things that they throw here and there, like, you know, the mention of Wayne, this, this, this idea that like, maybe they're talking about the flash museum kind of stuff. It, sure. it really, it really gets um, your, 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 I guess your diehard, like what, what's, the, I don't know what the term is when, um, when you release something for a specific audience that you know will 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 enjoy it. Oh yeah, your I mean core, maybe core audience. I don't know if that's yeah, the word. Your core audience, your base, your um, yeah. Like they they, yeah. they wanted to go for a wide appeal, which I think they achieved with this. I mean, like you said, there there's yeah the action figure appeal, like the the you know you got the the, the kind of like romance love triangle kind of things. So there's a little bit of comedy and stuff in there. Um, uh, definitely action. Um, all of these kinds of things definitely appeal to a wide audience. And then the thing that really gets the, the the core viewership are these little winks and nods and things like that and or or maybe it's the fact that like maybe the core audience was was mad by that that they wanted more right oh mm. I, I don't want them to say you know a, a wink or nod about this particular reference why can't they just do it you know or, yeah don't give me some random character named Wayne if you're gonna use the name Wayne then connect it to the family right yeah or if they're like well how come we haven't seen any flash villains yet we're four episodes in there's not been a single flash villain he's got all these great characters and they haven't done anything with him blah 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 whereas <laughs> where it's like <laughs> that's but you know but, right no that's but that's what that's what I feel <laughs> <laughs> 
like at the same time, you got to remember, right? That the, the, the superheroes weren't this like, you know, they weren't in vogue. Yeah, they weren't in vogue. Like right now, if you were to pitch a new superhero show, you'd have all sorts of people going, yeah, I'll watch it. Back then, it's like The Flash. What is that, a comic book show? Yeah, no thanks. And they, yeah, and they, no, they flip yeah. their TV guide to the next page and they find something else coming on at the same time. Um, so, so you know, in that regard, what they're doing is and, – and, and this this episode was, was a prime example of that because I did enjoy this episode a lot uh, because it's like – it's a heist movie in a yeah. Flash episode. Like how cool is that? It's, 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 a, it's a heist movie, which heist movies are great, and it's, it's wrapped with superhero stuff. And so I think that like the, these first five episodes are going to be so important for getting everyone else – who is not a fan of the comics invested in the show and its characters. And by doing things that aren't from like, you can't show Mark Hamill in spandex in your first episode and expect people to go. Yeah, I'm going to continue to watch this. <laughs> I <laughs> right? mean, it's Luke Skywalker. Come on. Of course they'll show up for that. Yeah, but this is the nineties, man. Like, uh, uh, yeah, they'd show up more for Luke Sky for uh, Luke Skywalker then than they would. Well, I mean, yeah, probably now. I mean, Jedi was 86. So this is like five years later. What's he been up to, man? Come on. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like going with these more grounded storylines in the first several episodes of this gets your your mm. your your general audience, I guess, more involved with the Flash. And like once you get the Flash in there, and I was like, oh yeah, like the Flash. Only can you continue like like the Flash and Tina, you know, and like and, and all this kind of stuff. And like then you can kind of branch out and you can go weird stuff from the comics. Okay, because they're, no, they're laying the groundwork. That's that's good. I I think I think that's that's right. Um. It's certainly the way that Smallville did it, uh, to make a comparison there. In the earlier seasons, we got a lot of the, you know, quote unquote freaks of the week. And then in the later seasons, it's like, you know, they were pulling at one point, uh, the Wonder Twins, you know, like they would go for some deep and cheesy cuts because they had earned it at that point. Um, yeah. And, and that's one thing I wanted to ask you about and talk to you about on this because, you know, you mentioned Freak of the Week. And, and I don't feel like this show is Freak of the Week. I feel no, like yeah, this right. show is more of a genre of the week. Right? That, like, huh. Ha ha ha! Because you know, like Marvel, Marvel was kind of famous for saying that we're not, you know, we're make, we're not making superhero movies. We're making a heist movie with Ant Man, or you know, a spy thriller with Captain America, or you know, a science fiction story with Iron Man, stuff like that, right? That's kind of how they how they do it. And then, like, I think sure. what, Buffy was kind of the first freak of the week kind of show. No, or- yeah, that 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 one definitely kind of the the phrase the phraseology is kind of coined from there from Buffy. Uh, well. Well, I say that actually freak of the week, I think did actually come from Smallville, but at the same time, like the format definitely was kind of pioneered or at least popularized by Buffy to be sure. Yeah. And I feel like this show is, is kind of more, cause like we, we had, we had our, uh, our, our monster story, um, right. Two episodes ago. This is, this is a Dogzilla. heist story. Yeah. With Dogzilla okay. and like, that's kind of like a horror sort of thing. Um, you have a sort of revenge tale in the pilot with the, uh, with Pike and, and the killing of his brother and okay. like, you know, the, the origin story in there. Um, I'm, so, so we have the, 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 the origin story, which is like a revenge tale in the pilot. The second episode, that's the, the, the crazy monster episode. The, um, third episode is, I still feel, I feel like there's like a, like a Dick eye. Tracy. Yeah. yeah Dick like- Tracy private eye kind of story. Right. And then Absolutely. this one, we have a heist, like okay. four different genres being told uh, in the first four episodes, I think is I think is really neat. I th- it's something unique. It's something I don't think I've seen in a show before. Most of the stuff uh-huh. that I'm used to seeing are based off of the the tropes and 
the things that that Buffy and Smallville kind of established, uh, <laughs> right? In the modern, yeah, no, yeah, like right. in the like right. Joss Whedon, like like the the his his archetype for stories for episodes is it seems like what a lot of of at least modern comic book TV is based off of, um, and so okay. this is so unique, yeah. and the fact that it predates all of that stuff is very interesting to me. So the heist thing is interesting because you're exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what we're looking at here is is kind of that Ocean's Eleven, but you know the the bad guys are actually the bad guys here as opposed to the bad guys are the good guys. Um, but even beyond that, like I I got vibes, and you know, and again, maybe maybe it's like you're saying, maybe this is more winks to the comics, or maybe we're just really stretching because you know, at least for me, I fall into that kind of core audience that's wanting those kind of connection points with the comics. Like, and by the way, I should just mention this real quick in case uh, somebody's yelling at their their iPhone. Uh, the the Flash Museum was first introduced in 1965, which was, of course, well before this episode. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's there. But that's all the more reason. Now I'm like I'm reaching like, well, maybe this this could be the museum that that could potentially become the Flash Museum. Or when I see a mastermind coming up with this, you know, scheme to get villains cascaded across the city to you know, uh, you know, stretch the Flash to his limits. It, it kind of gives me Nightfall vibes, right? Like of of Bane doing kind of a similar tactic to Batman. Of course, his goal there was to break him, but and and this is just really more to steal a mask. So a, a bit nobody different. Cared nobody cared about, cared about me until I stole the mask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or so, no uh, one cared about me until I broke the bat. <laughs> we go mobile. <laughs> How many minutes is it to get market fresh strawberries? Four minutes. We go mobile. G- <laughs> Gary, pizza, Gotham isn't even known for it. <laughs> By the way, that's uh what what do, people need to search for that if they've not seen that. They might not be aware. Which one? The uh the the, the, the Bane cuts. The Bane we go called. mobile means. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's where that from? Oh uh, yeah, uh, they're they're hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the Bane voiceovers. Check it out on YouTube. It's it's hilarious from back in the day. Uh well, man, something uh, that yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, like you mentioned, Nightfall, um, which is interesting. But Nightfall came out in '93 and '94. So, oh, well, if, see, yeah. if anything, okay. Nightfall could have been inspired by this very episode. Dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> Good catch on that one. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic move, right? Like you know, oh, if one of us can't get him, all of us together will be unstoppable. I mean, that is something that we've we've you know technically seen a, a bunch of times over. But yeah, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yes, I I, uh, I got one one date wrong and the other one wrong, just just in reverse. Uh, <laughs> man, Mercury statue. the The shot of Barry looking at that uh, statue of Mercury was that's I, it's a, it's a moment, but it's an iconic feel, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, you know, the added benefit of us knowing that in the future, you know, his his doppelganger will end up being AJ Garrick wearing that same helmet. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's that's some good future lens to be able to see that scene through. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 I, it's it's definitely fun watching this with you know the future knowledge that we have of the show. It adds, it adds a lot. Bert and Ernie, can we talk about them real quick? Yes. Murph and Cookie, Cookie Monster. I, I I can't remember their names. The the <laughs> cops that show up that are kind of like you know. The the two like oh hey uh, yeah the, the, the old cop and the rookie right I don't know they if he's always, a rookie though but they're 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 kind of our um Statler and Waldorf man. yeah yeah they're what, they're what, what 
what are your thoughts on that that trope? I mean, you know, whatever. It's fun. Like they haven't really detracted from from anything for me. They're just Who are there. The two dudes from uh, Power Rangers. Oh, Buzz and uh, no, not it's Skull. Bulk. Bulk and Skull. Bulk and Skull. Yeah. 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 Bulk and Skull. Like, I feel I feel very like some strong Bulk and Skull vibes from these dudes. <laughs> Maybe they inspired that as well. And it's possible. <laughs> this show is responsible for all TV that you've ever seen. Exactly. Even you know? the TV that came before it because of time travel. That's right, man. This is all like pre-crisis. It all came from the Flash. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, any other thoughts from this episode before uh, jumping into the, uh, the the flashbacks? Well, like I said, you know, I always like a good heist movie, and this one was very, very heisty, which I which I can appreciate. And, and again, it was one of those where it's like, you know, it, the, the plot was somewhat predictable in that, yeah, okay, like somebody's going to go and, uh, and and go for the mask eventually, right? Like that's that's got to be the actual sure. the actual plot. But like, even still, it was fun. Um, and, and, and it wasn't like too predict, so predictable that it was boring. Uh, and, and, and the side quests were actually hilarious. Whereas like, you know, one guy's stealing a bunch of money out of a vault. One guy's stealing a bunch of gold Catwoman's stealing, like, you know, national security plans. And then like homeboys just robbing rich people of their jewelry. It's like, dude, up your game. Like everybody else is getting literally like millions of dollars if their stuff succeeds. And you're going to get like, I don't know, 20 grand worth of jewelry. <laughs> right. Like, right, what are right, you right. doing, dude? What are you doing? <laughs> well, maybe they're all putting it in a pool at the end, and they're going to split it all, you know, equally. That's <laughs> that reminds me of that Family Guy episode where uh, where they're, uh, Stewie's at the Last Supper, and Jesus is like, "Okay, yeah, we'll we'll just put it all together and split it." And then Stewie leans over to uh, to Judas, and he's like, "You know, Jesus had like full margaritas, and you've only had a salad." <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody would be like, uh, uh, uh. We got millions, and you brought us like twenty five grand of, of, of jewelry. <laughs> like, well, no, no, no. Y'all so, said we the, we all agreed <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> that like, and by the way, I brought the guns. Okay, like we didn't even need that. Did you not see the armory on our way in? That was <laughs> we we almost got shot because of you. <laughs> yeah, like I I feel like you know that would be the case where he brings in that like dumps it down on the bed and they all just shoot him and then split it up and they're like yeah okay this this was better. <laughs> yeah. But then they all shoot each other. That would have been an interesting side story as well. I thought this was good, man. You're right. It is a little predictive, but but at the same time, predictable television, I mean, like the reason why that's the case is because this television has come before and other stories have been built off of the tropes that came before. So there's nothing new under the sun. I'm not expecting any episode for me to be surprised by what happens too much, if, if at all, ever. So like, that's not necessarily a lens I'm looking through. Right, but like last episode had had an extremely complex plot. Right, I will say, you know what? When 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 dude rolled in and said like, "I know you're the Flash," I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, okay." So I guess I did get a little surprised. Yeah, and like in like the wheelings and dealings and like all the things that you know that were that were really like uh, embedded in that episode. It was extremely dense, and like this one, you know, th- yes. this 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 is the same kind of plot that you would see in a Hollywood film. Oh, absolutely. Tons of characters. They all have their kind of gimmicks and backstories and everything else. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're maintaining that density for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, basically all of that, to say all of that, uh, all it does is make me more excited to watch more of these episodes. Because can you imagine these kind of like uh, uh, archetypal in a story sense, like, you know, a heist or a monster movie or whatever, but with flash villains in them? Yeah. Like that uh, just sounds I, like so much fun. It's absolutely fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what comes before. I've loved everything that we've gotten so far. 
But I just hope that one of the genres we touch on is a comic book genre. I have a feeling that's coming. <laughs> well, no, no, I have like, a feeling like, that's coming. A, a, a regular genre with comic book characters in it. No, no, it's great. It, that's what we're getting. That's great. I just wanted, I just hope that we get an episode that is a, a genre that's more a little comic booky. And again, given the fact that we know that the, the trickster's coming, I know that that's coming. At some yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, how about a flashback? Let's do it. Flashback. All right, so I, you, I mean, this one's the, the obvious one, right? Barry calls the police. He tells them to come to the corner of Fourth and Garrick. Uh, Who's ladies Garrick? and gentlemen, Jay Garrick <laughs> is the name of the flash. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. So yeah, and of course, I mean, like we've already mentioned it, but the the statue in and of itself is kind of a uh, a nod to the flash and also i mean well it is a not even a nod to the flash it is very blatantly there but because of the benefit of future knowledge we know that that is you know the doppelganger of 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 aj garrick that somewhere in the multiverse uh there is a version of him that's out there wearing that that helmet so that's kind of a a fun fun uh, uh lens that you get to watch it through from this side of the crisis yeah and so you know, uh, uh, yeah. you, you know, in the early '90s, there there were the you know comic book nerds in the office and the regular people in the office who were like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, you see that that's that statue of Mercury? I bet you didn't know that in the comics, Jay Garrick, who was also mentioned in this episode, wears that helmet. What? <laughs> and they're like, yes, thanks, yes, Greg. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my desk now, and um, I suggest you do the same. <laughs> Yeah, then this this is why they didn't like us back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Dang it, Greg. <laughs> I get it together. <laughs> it's all Greg's fault. I blame Greg. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. I, I, I searched, man. I tried to find, like, we got so many different characters, so many different names. It seems like there's so many opportunities for connections to the uh, the comics, but nope, all of these characters are kind of one and done for this particular episode with no specific connections, with the exception of the obvious, you know, Wayne. I mean, you're gonna, it's the same deal. You're going to throw Garrick in, you, you know what you're doing. You're going to throw Wayne in, you know what you're doing. But in both situations, those are more of a uh, a tip of the hat to their comic book counterparts rather than the implication that this is actually named after Jay Garrick. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe if we don't get a Jay Garrick in this series, maybe, just maybe, it was named after a Jay Garrick from the golden age of heroes in this universe. For sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> This is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, listener feedback. We got some listener feedback in. Uh, definitely not the reverse Flash, which is one of the best names ever. Uh, <laughs> what a definitely not the reverse Flash say. Dear Bo and Bell, I love listening to your show. I like the idea of doing the Christmas party over Zoom and can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Maybe some party games like Flash Trivia would be fun. Mm -hmm. If you do Among Us, you might want to put people into breakout rooms since you can only have 10 players at a time. Also, maybe it would be better to do it on a weekend so more people can join. Maybe the weekend before Christmas. Again, can't wait. Happy holidays. Sincerely, definitely not the reverse Flash. Hmm, that's something the reverse Flash would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having I'm questioning uh questioning who you really are here. Definitely not the reverse flash. <laughs> I, I'm uh, uh, Harrison Wells. Uh, yeah, of of Earth the not suspicious one. My not name sus. is Theobard Wells on. <laughs> yes. This is totally sus, man. This is sus. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is sus. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh yeah, look, we uh thank you so much for this. In fact, actually your suggestion is why we wanted to make sure that we did it. 
on a weekend. And we do hope that everybody who is able to will join us December 19th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Again, we'll have more details about how to uh, log into the Zoom call. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe Among Us might be too complicated to pull off. But, you know, I don't know. If it's a kind of a smaller group, maybe we can maybe we can try it. So yeah. come ready for that. We'll definitely do some Flash trivia. That's That's going to happen. Uh, and, uh, and well, it may be like flash and like broader DC trivia as well. So, um, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Everybody will have to bring their own cookies and eggnog, but, uh, only if you do it the grandma Esther's way and, um, you know, make it very special, (laughs) very special. Anyway, uh, also, we want to encourage everybody to uh, head over to iTunes and write us a review uh, for the show. We are um, putting this out here in the middle of everything else going on. And so uh, getting those iTunes reviews really helps to fuel us up. Also, something that helps to fuel us up is fuel. Head over to patreon.com slash TV talk, where you can help fuel the show by becoming a patron, getting uh, uh, some additional access, some additional content and all the likes. Uh, more details at patreon.com slash TV talk. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow at flash TV talk on Twitter. You can follow bell at ring that bell or me at the real Bo York. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And occasionally we do these things live. And when we do, we do them at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. If you'd like to uh, join us for a live show, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach who provides music for our show. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Hey, do you like, bell and i you do do you like minecraft maybe not maybe (laughs) well head over to flash tv talks youtube channel where we're putting out flashcraft content (laughs) and check that out (laughs) if you're interested which we know most all of you are not but if you are then check it out that's uh our youtube channel for flash tv talk and of course shout out to tvtalk.fm for all your tv talking needs that's going to do it for us for this week but don't worry we'll be back in a flash